Hey everyone, welcome to Group Text. Okay, we're in my kitchen, which you know trouble's gonna ensue. I am here with Jake Cohen, social media superstar with millions and millions, I'm gonna give you a third, and <laughs> millions of followers, and the author of two cookbooks. Your new one just came out called I Could Nosh. Gonna be a huge New York Times bestseller. Super exciting. Welcome to my underused kitchen. I'm so happy to be here. I'm kind of shocked that you say you don't cook because this kitchen is stunning. Okay, but I bought the house. It already had the okay, kitchen. Okay, that's fair. That's fair. That's fair. Okay, you published your book, and I'm going to warn you now, I am a horrible cook. Okay. I looked through the book. Yeah. I found it very intimidating <laughs> for me. That's fair. For me. I think that that's literally my goal always is to work with people like you who are who think that they can't do it and really throw them into the deep end and show them that okay. they can. But by the way, the recipes are amazing. Like I and the cookbook's beautiful. I'm like, That's oh, the goal. oh, I could with all the love. And I'm thinking, God, I wish I could do this. So you're here to show me. Yes. Okay, before we begin, a couple quick questions. So you're on the Forbes list of yes. 30 under 30. Correct. How many copies of the magazine did your mother buy? That's so funny. Um, w when I tell you, my mother is constantly felling. That's always the number one thing people yes. say. Oh, your mother must be so proud. proud. Yes, uh, and she, she is. And she is. She is also not logistically uh, capable. She's a, a double Ivy League educated doctor. Uh -huh. To find a hard copy of Forbes, that that, that would elude her. Okay. So, but you didn't go and get them for no, her? No, I have. I, I hold the little little um little box of all the news clippings and things like because i would think as a jewish mother she would have it by the door the yeah. four oh the third God. and the page marked or just a copy of it just a hand of people of course of course of course she loves she loves anything she the main thing is now it's a link that she could post to her facebook page oh that's the biggest thing because then if she gets that lifetime reaction from her friends being like oh so proud of you it's so great where did you ins get your Love of cooking. Yeah. Because I come from multi-generations of people that cannot cook, which is probably why I can't cook. That It's very much something that's always surprising because people typically expect like, oh, you must have grown up in this house full of cooking. And, and my mother has her dishes, but it wasn't like a a household full of, of, of these beautiful home-cooked meals. It was a household full of, like, frozen tabachnik soups. And, <laughs> and, and, and like, it was, it was just not that. She was a defroster. That. She was but a she defroster. Was working. She was working. And, and I had my grandmother as this kind of, like, blueprint because she would always host, like, the holidays and, and throw these crazy feasts for my sister and I when we'd stay over. And that was kind of the beginning of falling in love with cooking for your family, cooking for those you love. And but I mean, you can do that and not be good at correct. it. Correct, and I was. I think that was that was it. I, in high school, I started throwing these little dinner parties for myself and my friends. It was this way to build community. It was this way um, to just like kind of scratch that itch. And I was obsessed with this concept of hosting. The dinner parties were were, were not very good. Well, I was in high school, I'm impressed. I mean, my son had. We don't call them dinner parties, but his friends will be here for dinner, and it's, what are we ordering from, you know, Postmates? There we go, there we go. So I would do that, but I would make the meal, and it started this 
kind of relationship with food that I knew I wanted to kind of go in deeper. So when I graduated, when I was coming up for college, I actually only applied to one school, and that was the Culinary Institute of America upstate. Your, and your mother's a double Ivy League graduate. Is I know you're successful, but do you think in her heart of hearts she's actually over that? She, she, oh yes, she is now because I'm successful. Right. At the moment, it was, it was a, it took adjusting. It took so adjusting she because she did not cry. Luckily, she did not cry. She, but she wept was, silently she, in her room. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I, um, I can understand. Yeah, that yeah, yeah. I mean, like she went to to Barnard and Cornell. Her brother went to Penn. Like it, this oh, was a Penn grad. I actually think you might have gone with him. Oh, okay. Um, we'll do. We'll play Jewish geography after. Yes. Um, but it was a different because you think about kind of that, that Jewish immigration story of they came to America to give us a better life and, and like take that and run with it. Yeah. Um, so it's doctor, banker, lawyer. Those yeah. are your options. Those are, or sometimes dentist, orthodontist, but they're always happier if it's a periodontist. Oh, yes. I mean. More money. More money. Everyone needs a root canal once e- in a while. Exactly. Exactly. So what was the first thing you made that was good? Oh, that's a great question. First thing I made that was good. I would love to say that I, I'm not going to consider anything until I really started like getting through college and working in restaurants, and that's when I would give myself the credit that I knew a little bit more of what I was doing. Well, you bring up your work. Now, it wasn't like you just said, oh, I went to culinary school and then I did this. You worked from everything from a local sandwich shop, yeah. too, which I did not know until I did research on you, at Danielle, yeah. which, for people who don't know, is like the fanciest restaurant in New York, and they say don't even bother going if you don't have an expense account. That's not false. No, not false. I mean, it's crazy. Yeah, I and I love every aspect of it. I loved the, the, I loved the sandwich shop because that was like the first gig and yeah. to see like how to feed so many people so quickly and uh-huh. have it be of a certain caliber, to do the fine dining, like, and that was back when Danielle had three Michelin stars and seeing like, a kitchen and middle service oh, yeah. silent. And then I worked at ABC Kitchen for a bit and I'd like to see like what a hot New York restaurant Well, and people like. don't know that ABC is this store yes. in New York that also, is, you, you, also you, has a kitchen and food, but everybody, like my mom, they know, oh, we went to, we're going down to ABC and you shop and eat. Yes. Basically, yes. which is, you know. Because everything at the restaurant, you're eating on a plate, you look around, you see the light fixture, you could buy it, yeah. right? which is a great concept. Oh, it's a and great concept. I have so many things I want to ask you. Starting with, okay, I know I have notes in front of me, but yes. these are the things that piqued my interest. Yes. You were a food stylist. Yes, I, it was something that I knew media was always kind of where I wanted to go. I was always obsessed with the Food Network. I was always obsessed with cookbooks and this idea of inspiring and teaching people how to cook without physically doing it in front okay, of them. Okay, but food styling is a whole yeah. different beast. I've been on some sets where they're the food stylists, and like it looks like a tomato, but it's really a rutabaga painted to look like a tomato. And they always say, do not eat the food on set. That has, Luckily, that era has kind of shifted away from. Right, but when you started, was it still like that? Somewhere in between. So I, my dad worked in film and TV, like behind the camera, mm-hmm. and 
he befriended this food stylist who happened to also be this like former supermodel and she agreed to let me apprentice her and I started assisting her on these shoots and we'd go and do like all right it's whenever like a it's funny because it's all the stuff that I do now it's like all right you're when someone's going on the view or good morning America like we show up and we are the ones that make the food food. and people don't understand that when they do these things on shows it's all pre-done Completely. and looks pretty. In every step, because you're doing live TV, so it's like you need to be ready to, to jump, you need to be able right. to skip, you need to be able to just pivot in every which way. But I want to ask about food styling. What it was the weirdest trick? Interesting. Because um, it usually involved glue or some sort of spray. Glue or spray. So luckily... Because I'm on set for all of my cookbook shoots because I'm very I'm very hands-on and I'm cooking everything. The main thing is in terms of spray, really the only thing we use now is like the 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 like the avocado oil spray just to give it a little shine. Right. But that's still edible, still yeah. delicious. But back in the back in the day, it would be it'd be like putting like um glitter. like like glitter for your your car paint. Right. Um, the the main things it's little things like yogurts typically swapped with sour cream because it holds its shape a little better for like swoops and things like that where you, you don't think of um, you don't think of like it being such a huge difference but then when you see it on camera you all of a sudden realize like so oh, a little that's what swoop we're looks exactly. perfect which is so fascinating now I want to talk about your family for a minute yeah okay first of all you say your sister's your best friend yes and. You dedicated your book to her. I did. And let me read the dedication. (laughs) Um, Hold on. I think it's on my other page. The dedication. Yes. Okay. Here, I actually wrote down the dedication because it's it's a good one. You dedicated I Could Not to your sister, Jamie, who you say is your best friend. You write in the... In the thing, you're my best friend and my toughest critic. And apparently, the quote you used was about your snickerdoodle cookie... This is literally the worst thing I ever tasted. Yeah. <laughs> she is a very picky eater. And so this one is their Havdalah snickerdoodle. So it's kind of a play. Havdalah is the end of Shabbat, Saturday night. And one of the traditions is they have this spice box, like reawaken the senses. And I think so much of Jewish ritual is, is beautiful, but yes. also outdated in the sense of most people, especially secular Jews in America, aren't doing some type of Havdalah no. practice. No. So I thought, what if I took all of the flavors from the spice box and infused them into a cookie so that you could bake cookies on Saturday night and you get the same kind of vibe um, with a little bit more of that 2023 uh, right. ideology. Right, so what happened that she said this is literally she the worst thing? She hates cardamom and rose water and those are two <laughs> of the ingredients in there. Those can't be in a cookie. Oh, they're so good. When I tell you, everyone at the table was obsessed. They loved it. It's one of my favorite recipes. And she just looked at you and like... She just, and the, in the middle of the table, she's just like, oh, this is the worst thing I've ever tasted. And then, But I love, I also love that, um, that she's this kind of like checkpoint where if she does love a recipe, I know that Anyone in the world <laughs> will love it. And you're married. You and I, I were chatting. You were a, your child bride. I am. I How did you meet your husband? We met on Hinge in the <laughs> dating app. Yeah. yeah. But now it's interesting because he's Iranian Jew. Yes. So what, what I find fascinating is you are managing to sort of honor all cultures. Mm-hmm. That really, and what culture doesn't use food as a thing to bring people together? And you said your mother-in-law mm-hmm. was tough to to please. So how have you worked 
different cultures into your cooking. I think that's one of my favorite parts about like Jewish food and kind of scratching that surface of, mm-hmm. of just our families mm-hmm. where every family has this different pathway of where they've traveled throughout the world and at every stop they've picked up ingredients and dishes and, and, and cultural elements that is so diverse. So for example, like his family, they're Iraqi Jews, the Jews were kicked out Iraqi, of Iraq. Iraqi, not Iranian, no, but Iraqi. They were, they were kicked out of Iraq in 1950 and they went to Iran, so they grew up in Iran, but they are they speak Arabic and they make they make the Iraqi dishes with with Persian ingredients, they make Persian ingredients with the with Iraqi influence, so it becomes something that's so uniquely to the Jewish experience that's very messy and very complicated to understand. Um, and yet it's so authentic to their experience. So for me, I think there's nothing greater than showing the world all of these like messy pathways to create these delicious dishes that um, might not look like your grandmother's, right. but at the same time is still like part of this Jewish story. Right, and I mean, we find that in all cultures. In all, Italian, yeah, and, even, yeah, yeah, yeah. and you really are wrapping it in a beautiful bow. That's the goal. You That's are, okay, goal. so speaking of which... We have discussed that I am, I, my mother once in a celebrity cookbook used making a bagel as her, her contribution. <laughs> we upgraded it from making toast. Okay. Okay. So that's pretty much where it ends. Love. Okay. So you're going to show me something that you think even I could Yeah, this do. is. This is truly, truly the level one. I think one of the best parts about this book is that there's so many different levels to yes, the recipe. Yes, and you you have a wonderful list of like must-haves in your kitchen. If you want to step it up a yes. notch, if you want to step it up another notch, exactly. You know, and that's I, I love that you gave us. It's literally the ten things you have to have. Exactly, and and I think people need that little bit of handholding because once they have that first interaction with the recipe and it comes out great. It gives them that boost of confidence. They're like, oh, let me now try this. Instead of it being like this non-starter of I can't do it, let's get them into the door and then like continue, keep the ball rolling until you're cooking everything. Okay, wish you luck. So this okay. is a challah that I baked on Friday. Oh, wait, by um, the way, I can use store-bought. You could use store-bought. Am I, I baked it on Friday. Like, I mean, Excuse I'm not going to show I'm 30 under 38, so I baked this because I was coming here on Friday. Now, I'm worried I, it hasn't held right. I Well, I froze it, luckily. <laughs> the freezer freezer is a is a Jew's best friend. Um, I love you. So, I love you so much already. I, I froze it, pulled it out this morning, and we're making one of my favorite things in the world is a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. Oh, yeah. Who doesn't? Exactly. So we're doing this version where we're going to dip it in egg and fry it in a little bit of butter, and it's just kind of like one of my favorite snacks. So it's like challah, peanut butter and jelly, French toast. Exactly. Very much a little bit of that French toast vibe. Not fully French toast, not fully PB&J, somewhere in the middle, which I love. Okay, let's hit it. Let's do it. Let's hit it. All right, so we have the challah. Now, I have to ask, did you bring your own bowl? No, no, no. no. (laughs) I I, actually have this? You do. You have everything here. I do? Because they warned me. They were like, be ready. There's nothing in this kitchen. So I even brought a knife. I was like, oh, last thing I need is to show up and there's no knife. We're having to like Right. Oh my God. I uh, Apparently, this is mine. You have a very well-stocked kitchen. Thank you. It's not for me. It's other people here cook. <laughs> it is literally other people here cook. Okay, so, by the way, I obviously, if people can see, I'm still in my cast, but I'm not allowed to play with knives in general. So, God, God, you're tall. I know. How I'm, tall are you? I'm 6'4". Why don't you come on this side? I'm come going in front to. Of it. A 6'4 Jew? I know. It's so rare. So rare. So rare. Okay, I love challah. It's the best. The it's best. such good bread. 
I'm just like staring at it lovingly. Good. How did you start baking? Because baking is different than cooking. It really is. I will say, I think one of the things that comes up a lot is you, you gotta practice. You have to really, really treat it like going to the gym, learning a language, picking up a skill, a yeah, sport. Yeah, it's an art. You gotta just do it. And not be afraid. If you're not doing it, every week, like I bake challah every Friday. Uh -huh. And as a result, I've gotten to this point where I'm like very confident in my challah baking okay. skills. Okay. It wasn't like that at first. But someone like me can feel free to buy it in the store. Yes, of course, okay. of course. You've said that it's, you have to treat cooking like a skill. Completely. That you're learning or a yes. language or an art or going to the gym and you need to sort of be disciplined about carving out time to practice. And I think of it so much of like my gym routine where it's like you think of it, you're not going to run a marathon. You decide tomorrow, it's like, oh, I'm going to run or you're not going to immediately go into a marathon. You got to build up. And even still when you're on that journey, there are going to be days where it's just like not going well for you. You right. have a bad day at the gym. You're tired. You're this, you're that. It's no different with cooking. There are going to be days. I know like, it's no different with cocaine. With cocaine. <laughs> <laughs> it's each their own. Exactly. I'm like, wow, that just, the interview just turned left. I'm like, that was interesting. <laughs> with cooking. With yeah. cooking. Okay, so peanut butter. Peanut butter. Is I'm, this the one you like? No need. Oh, look at this. No need to stir. Yeah, well, I'm not a peanut butter snob. I think, I think natural peanut butter is I, one of those. Like, I, I, there's nothing worse than when it's just a big glob of oil. Yeah, at the I, top. I believe in. By the way, I believe in Skippy. There we go. That's my husband's favorite, so I just gotta stick to it. Did you woo him through cooking? I did, definitely did. And the funny thing is, because we met so young, he really has never had to learn how to cook, so he doesn't know anything. But do you like him in the kitchen, or do you want him basically when you're doing something out? Like, I do you really him. want him to learn? No, 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 no. <laughs> I want him helpless, so he's dependent on me. Um, <laughs> I think that there is something really nice about having company in the kitchen. Mm -hmm. But it's also funny enough, I, I did this this color braiding video with this drag queen, and we were talking about that because she was asking, she was like, do you listen to music? And I was like, no, I actually cook in silence. And it's very meditative I was going to like your meditation time. And she, was, she said that it's like, oh, I also, I do all my makeup in silence. That's interesting. Okay, so we've put peanut butter. Yes. Just, I'll get some paper towel. Perfect. I know how to do that, watch. Magic. Doesn't it? All right, peanut butter and mm. then jam, jelly. Do you have a favorite? Yes, I was gonna bring it and then I was like, oh, we're in LA, you never know how people are. I'm a big Concord grape jelly boy. I love Concord grape. Yes, yes, but raspberry But by is the way, my... who isn't? Who... If, they, if they admit it, people have to admit that as kids, all we had was, was Concord, Concord grape. grape, yes. So good. I am anti-strawberry. Really, that's what we a, have. With a, no, this is raspberry. Oh, raspberry. Yeah, raspberry Raspberry works. Um, no, but strawberry, to me, it's, I love fresh strawberries. I'm not crazy about like strawberry-flavored things. Really? Interesting. What don't you like I, besides strawberry-flavored things? I'm not big on shellfish, actually. That's okay. Uh, I don't eat, basically, here's the thing. I don't like fish, period. I just don't eat fish and don't give me seaweed. Okay. These are these weird, you know, everyone has their weird things. Everyone's I'm like, not why? Big on, I'm not big on matcha. And no, the, no. My, the number one thing I hate, I love fresh truffles. Anything with truffle oil, it's a non-starter. Really? Yeah, it's just so pungent and it's like typically. That's not, that sounds like a Danielle 
restaurant thing. I mean, not now. You have like at the end of the day, it's like having fresh. Well, you have the fresh stuff, and then you yeah. get this like putrid bottle. Is working at a was working at a restaurant like Danielle? Did it spoil you? Um, Just I, with the level of ingredients and the precision and the plating. and It opened your eyes to a specific caliber mm-hmm. of food. And the thing is, is, I love so many different layers. We love a fine dining experience. Mm-hmm. But I think I'm really, I really, really, really love a, like, home cook grandma kind of thing where it's about ingredients but really more so about this abundance and, and hospitality of portions right and you don't get that in fancy and you don't get that in fancy restaurants okay so we make it into a peanut butter and jelly sandwich yes kind of action thing going on here okay so wait and now we're just one egg one egg and this is going to be this little batter that we're going to dip it in, mm-hmm. and that's just going to help make it. Okay, you don't put milk in? No, not for this, because we don't want it to get too for soggy. Food, for French toast, truly we will, but really what I'm looking to do. Look at me, I need the recipe of French you toast. You know, you know. Um, what I'm really looking to do is just give it a little bit of um, of a coating on the outside, which okay. gives it that beautiful lacy golden. Right. And we're just looking to warm it through, because what I typically do, the lazy, like, like high version, is you make this and you put it in the microwave for, like, 15 seconds, and then... It's good, good enough. enough. Okay, but we're going to make the real version. So my son can come home and not be terrified. My son is a good cook. That's important. And he enjoys it. That's important. You got to... But then, he learned out of necessity. Uh, that's, I feel the same way about myself. Okay, so now what are we doing? We're putting it... That is a of lot of butter. This is not a lot of butter. Oh, my God. This is not a lot of butter. That's not a lot of butter? No. Oh, my God. Like that milk. My boyfriend would love you because I would say you get... An eighth you get a little of, bit, a little, little spray. Sliver. I mean, that's the thing. So you grow up in this house, in like a, a Jewish household. There's no, there's no butter. There's like a little drop of olive oil and no salt. Yeah, well, yeah, but that wasn't from that. That's because we're also health conscious. Yes, 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 yes. Of course. So, how do you take some of these recipes and make them a little more health conscious? Like I saw, you're like you can substitute all these different oils. Yeah. Is that where you can make the cuts without ruining the flair? Completely. I think that. Too often we get kind of set in our ways on a specific way when really it's like there are days where I want to be more indulgent and there are days I want to be healthier and I can make the same dish and just adjust it. It's the perfect example is like like a vodka sauce. Like you all like the amount of cream I add is going to depend on if I'm feeling indulgent, indulgent, or if I want to just scratch that itch but do it in a way that's a little bit healthier. Oh God, you're so multi-talented. So. If, while our butter is melting, what one restaurant in the world that you have not been to would you love to go to? Oh, that's a good one. I would say... So I really love San Sebastian. It's one of my favorite culinary capitals in mm-hmm. the world. So we did... We, and we do a well, after we got engaged. We did this crazy like three week trip, five countries, thirteen wow. Michelin stars. Oh my god! It was intense. And at the end of it, we were kind of like we, we kind of like got it out of our system right. for a while because it was just intense. Um, but San Sebastian is one of my favorite food cities, and there's this restaurant Arzac that I've been dying to go to. It's like three Michelin stars, incredible. Wow. Okay. But then, how do you stay in shape for the way you a, eat? A dedicated gym routine, and knowing that, like, okay, if I'm going to have this, then, then I'm not going right. to. You just can't do it for every meal. Right. But you're also tall and can carry exactly. it. Exactly. Unless, unlike us short people. Okay. Exactly. Next step. All right. We are. We got the butter that's melted, and now we're going to take our sandwiches and we're just going to dip them right okay. into the I egg. Okay. I got to see this. 
So not a soak. Not a soak, just a dip. Just a dip. Okay, that that to me looks like more than a dip. But wait, show the camera. So it's that it's that much. Okay. Uh, right into the butter. Oh god! If I made this for my son or my boyfriend, they would be like, "Do we need to call the ambulance?" Because no. they would be so afraid before they ate. They oh, would have, I mean, they would have like, you know. The, the EpiPens ready to go. Uh, yeah, yeah. I think the main thing is, is this is something that's so perfect for all ages because it's both kid-friendly while at the same time and so it's good. nostalgic for adults, which is, I think, a, a big thing that I, I kind of touch on yep. are recipes and flavors that really do remind you of your grandma's house, yeah. do remind you And of. the book, by the way, is visually beautiful. It was a huge, huge thing I worked on because I think... Too often we have these cookbooks that are so flashy and in the world of Jewish cooking, they're not, mainly because they just don't get the, the budgets to yeah, do that. Right. So I spent a lot of money on the photo shoot to it, make sure that it was as, like, it could hold up to everything else on the shelf. It's great. Now, your first book was called Jew-ish, Ish. which I want you to explain to me, because that's a term that we use culturally. Always. But what that means to you and how it translated to the book? For me, I think it was a play in the same way of this. Is it's, these are all things, expressions. Right. I love a title that's an expression that's commonly used. Mm-hmm. Um, so Jewish, it's very much when I think of like your generation of typically like either first or second generation mm-hmm. Americans. There's been this huge kind of wave of secularization. Um, so they're Jewish. And for me, I've always leaned into the fact it's like no 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 we're all Jewish but the way that we're celebrating the way that we're experiencing identity the way that we are uh, practicing ritual just looks different yes so for me it was about a book of recipes that were not traditional mm-hmm. in that sense and yet still Jewish Jewish for the modern age got it love that okay so I'm seeing so we do it slowly we yeah, don't. we don't want to burn because at the end of the day, we do want it to warm through the whole thing. Same mm-hmm. thing with French toast. Um, oh, see, I, I wait till it sounds like. That's the, the thing is, is like whenever you have something thick, and especially with French toast, mm-hmm. if you do it too high, it gets golden. And the inside's not like custardy and, and cooked through. Right. This one, we're just looking to warm through the peanut butter and jelly. So it's like melty. You know, you could exactly. also add Nutella to this. Of course, you could. I mean, you can you add Nutella this, to anything. You can add Nutella to anything. Yeah. Nutella, Nutella really, it's also very good on like bananas. Anything you can use with peanut butter, you can use with Nutella. Mm. So, okay, show me when it looks correct. Yeah, another minute. Another minute, another minute. What a nice little golden color. Oh, we're getting there. So, you said your sister is your toughest critic. Yes. Do you, does your family call upon you to do dinners for them or like dinner parties, or does your mom call you and saying, I need to impress these people? Will well, you no, come she's over? Not, she's never cooking for for people. I over? live a block from my mom and a block from my sister. Okay. So we're always doing dinner together. I've taken over. I think that's one of the, the beautiful things. It's like we host my husband and I host all the holidays now. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that that's I don't know, there's something so nice about kind of taking over. Yeah. Um, taking over like the, the reins of the family. Yeah, yeah. Even down to like th- I'm cooking all Thanksgiving every year. Oh, God, and, that's coming up. I don't well again, I cater. Um, <laughs> Turkeys are terrifying for people. They are. They are. Terrifying. Um, because everyone thinks that everyone's going to end up in the hospital. Okay, does that look right? That's gorgeous. Okay, show that to the, show it to our camera so oh, we can see. Good. 
Okay, so that looks correct. Here, show over here just in case. Here, I got another one. Yeah. Show us, show us. Okay, that looks perfect. Okay, I get it. I get the color. Like how I like my grilled cheese, which is a little bit crispy. Exactly. On the outside. So, okay, why, turkeys are terrifying. And you know why? Right. Why? Because you can kill people. Because you're making them only once a year. Really? You well, don't, yeah. You just, so that's why when you're, afraid of, when you're afraid of something because you don't make it more than once a year, it becomes... Terrifying. Terrifying. But also because there's all the stories about, you know, poisoning your guests. Oh, you'll be fine. You'll be fine. <laughs> Typically the issue is not, it's not undercooking it, it's overcooking right. it. Right, right. So people should, now, do you talk about, because we are coming up into Thanksgiving, should people buy like the half-cooked ones? No. For, no, for those of us like who can't do it. I think the big thing, you buy like a pre-brined one I love. Okay. Um, but really it's like in the commandments, the number one thing is there are two things everyone needs in their kitchen that they typically don't have, which is a kitchen scale for baking. Right, I saw that. And a thermometer. That's the, oh, that's an instant read digital thermometer that you could put into your turkey and say, oh, this is cooked. Okay. That's, that's, that's really it. And people, people, and the thing is, it's like, they're like, oh, well, I, I don't have one. Uh, if you're going to spend all that money in your turkey, you can, you can get it on Amazon for like 10 bucks. Yeah. Isn't it amazing what you can source nowadays? If you could, what is the strangest thing you've ever had to like dig around a source? So that was when I worked in test kitchens for mm -hmm. like food magazines. Uh -huh. That would happen all the time where I would need all of these obscure items from like, I don't know, all over the world to represent cuisines from Africa, Asia. Um, and I had to go, I had to go to like markets in the Bronx to get specific types of dried fish. I have had to go to Chinatown to get vegetables that you've never seen or heard of. And it's so incredible because you start to like open your eyes so that we only know such a little sliver of the food world. Um, and then to be also then part of the machine that takes something obscure and makes it relevant. I love how you intellectualize all of this. This is like your family's crazy intelligence yeah. <laughs> coming out because you, you, you really do have a very sort of intellectual view and a worldview it's, it's on all me, of this. This is an extension of, of how we connect as people. And I think there's something so nice about the idea, I see it with, um, like we, we, see, we saw it with quinoa. Yeah. Quinoa is a perfect example of something that was so relevant to one specific culture and has now become mainstream. It's actually and what- And pharaoh. And pharaoh. And something I'm trying to do also in the ritual sense. I think that's what I am a big proponent of. I didn't grow up with Shabbat. Mm -hmm. My husband didn't grow up with Shabbat. Something that we now do as adults. See, I didn't grow up with it. And, and but like once you start doing it and all of a sudden you're like, oh. Well, it becomes your Friday dinner party. It becomes your Friday dinner party. It becomes his time to disconnect, to with, be present with those you love. Yeah, with the Christians, it's Sunday exactly. dinner or Sunday lunch. In the same way that like, I, and I think it's good for everyone. Yeah. The same way that yoga started as a Hindi practice that mm -hmm. we all do because it, it's good for you. Right. I feel like there's so much in Judaism. I mean, down to like Passover, Rosh Hashanah, like mm -hmm. having these moments to, to reflect, to put intention, to talk about freedom, to talk about uh, having a sweet year ahead. These mm -hmm. are all great things. Yeah, because every culture has their, they tried to kill us, they couldn't, let's eat. Exactly. And you say that yes, in the book. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> Which is so, again, such a truism. Yeah. For every culture. Okay, this smells so good. I'm dying. So good. I do it with a little, if you want, I always drizzle a little of maple. Of course. Of course. Let me get us utensils. Now you're going to laugh at me because I have a lot of trouble cutting these days. I will cut for you. Thank you. I am literally like, it's, 
I am so tired of people having to cut my food. You know, like lean into it. I, I've been leaning into it for over a month. I can't, also I don't like the way my boyfriend cuts my food. Does he cut too big or too small? No, he lets everything touch. And oh, I don't like, like all separation. the, I do. And he just sort of gets frustrated and cuts and pushes it all together. All right. Which well. doesn't work for me. I hope he's not watching this. Uh. <laughs> well, wait, it doesn't matter. I've told him. Okay, I gotta try right. this. Okay. I like the crusty parts. So, uh. oh my God. It's a joke. It's it, and something that's so simple. You it's, saw this it, came together in no time. Mm -hmm. It's a joke. This is so good. Holy crap. Hold on. Oh my God. Mm. There's nothing like a peanut butter and jelly. Mm. It, is, it is my favorite food in the world. That is next level. There you go. Oh my God. Uh, it's just, it's like, and it's so easy. And everything, again, you buy the challah too. Mm -hmm. But it's also, to me, this is what I always do. I had this like very rambunctious summer with my husband. We did our first like quarter share on Fire Island where oh. we had lived five weeks with this big house of gay Jews. And right. I would, every Friday. I'd, That's interesting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a reality show. That, I mean, truly. <laughs> um, and every every Friday, I'd bake two challahs and one we'd have a dinner and the other one would be saved. We'd come back from partying. I'd make us peanut butter and jelly sandwiches and Perfect. that was everything. Okay, that is, I even think I could possibly do this. You this definitely is so can. good. Oh my God. Jake Cohen, you are beyond adorable. <laughs> oh my God, I totally love you. I could nosh, coming out, should Park. be out, it's out. It's already a New York Times bestseller. Your first cookbook, Jew-ish, plus you have your ridiculously huge Instagram, yeah. TikTok, I mean, you're like, I'm so honored to have you in my kitchen. Oh my God, and now that I see this kitchen that's not used, I'm gonna be coming by all the time. Anytime you're in LA. All right, we'll do, we'll do Shabbat. Me, ki me Kitchen S Soup Kitchen. <laughs> love it, love it. Everyone, get the book, get the book, get the book now. Order, it's available everywhere. You can buy a book. Thank you so much, oh, oh my God. God. Oh my God, that's so fucking good. This is ridiculous. Oh my God. Ahura Media Production.